grace and peace to you, church. My name is Mike Kennedy. I'm the family pastor here at Community Chapel. My prayer for you uh, today is that you would experience God's grace and peace that surpasses all understanding. Before we begin today, let me pray for, for us. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the students and adults that will come up here and the meditation of our hearts as your people be pleasing to your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, uh, you will hear from a few students and an adult about our trip to NYC. Now, the reason why we do this is not to continue to remind you that we were in Arizona in July and that it was 115 degrees. But we do this because uh, you all prayed for us as we left. You actually prayed and sent out these students and us as adults, as missionaries, to, to Phoenix and, thanks be to God, San Diego for a few days. Um, and so we feel like as missionaries, we wanted to create space to share with you what we've learned. In addition to that, um, some of us are going to share some things because they feel like we need to hear this a little bit. And so I hope you can have an open heart um, about our time together and our conversations. Uh, with every great youth event, um, there is great videos. So um, before we begin and you hear from students, um, I want you to hear and watch this uh, recap video. And this was created from NYC and Church of the Nazarene. So. Um, a great recap video. I'm like teary-eyed thinking about the experiences and moments we got to hear from speakers and got some great stuff. And as you can see, there was um, times where we had a lot of fun jumping on trampolines and doing stuff like that. But, but our whole theme was centered around a particular text. So if you have a Bible in front of you or if you have an um, electronic device that can get you to a Bible, um, Matthew um, 22, verses 37 to 40. Open up your Bibles to there. This was our text um, for the whole conference. And uh, what I'm really grateful for the Church of the Nazarene and the devotionals and the people that planned this is we actually were provided devotionals for our kids that dive into these texts from the Old and New Testament. Months before, and we did this as a church, we did this as a district, and then we did this as the Church of the Nazarene and USA Kennedy together here, um, together in Phoenix. And so, um, here are these words this morning from Matthew 22. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And this is a word from the Lord. So at this time, I'd like you to hear from, um, not me, but from some of our students and adults. So if we can ask uh, those students to kind of come up, um, grab one of these high top chairs, and come on up. Um, as they do this, um, NYCers that are here this morning, if you could stand up. That'd be really great. Um, adults and leaders, and look around. 
we got all these NYC shirts. They got great T-shirts on. We were asked. Um, I actually told them, and they did a great job of going directions. Is wearing their favorite NYC T-shirt. So um, during NYC, we got to trade T-shirts um, that it kind of articulated our district. So you can see um, Sarah Skeen's got our like district logo on there. Um, we've got some of us, uh, Joey and Nick, have got our Love One Another shirts, which some of you actually purchased to help some of us fundraise. Um, obviously from New England, so we've got some New England runs on NYC that's got, like, the Dunkin' Donuts thing, which was a hit everywhere. Everyone thought that was awesome, so it was great. And then our very own um, Hannah created the State Toasty New England. You're probably wondering, what the heck does that mean? Well, uh, Toasty was kind of like our theme character, mascot, whatever, on social media. So he was all over, and um, people were like, literally, you guys can sit down, I'm embarrassed you enough. Um, literally, someone told us that someone paid $40 for uh, that t-shirt that Anna made, which was really great. Anna's making it as a t-shirt from another district. Um, I got this. This is one of the volunteer shirts. I love this. I've seen, this is a good worship shirt, because it's long, so when I raise my hands to worship, you know, this is real life, right? Okay. You gotta think about these things before you worship with everything you have. Um, all right. Before we start, can we give it up for these students? And um, so what we're going to do is we're still in the Q&A. Um, I've given these questions um, a few days for them to answer, so I'm not, like, putting them on the spot. I'm not that horrible person, but um, just want to ask a few questions. I probably need to give you guys a microphone. And uh, we've got three questions, and I've got a few comments after, so that's kind of how uh, today's going to work. So, first question, uh, Ariana, was, uh, what was your favorite part of our NYC trip, and why? My favorite part of my NYC trip was the singing that they did at the services because um, there was a band there, I forget like their name, but they sang the same songs every day and a few of the songs we actually sang this morning, but we did the same songs every day and I thought that was really cool because like the words like really stick with you because like you would just remember it because they do it over and over, so I thought that was cool. was definitely the people, getting closer with kids from our district, but also being able to interact with kids from all over the country was really cool, and I haven't really been able to wrap my head around that until now, and building relationships with the people that I already knew, and also getting to meet new people was the biggest thing that's that taken away. My favorite part of the NYC trip was an organization called Ride Nature, um, basically they're a Nonprofit mission trip or mission organization, and they go out and they do skateboarding, surfing, snowboarding, and a bunch of other sports. And um, they go to different countries, different communities, and they give away like they give away skateboards, they give away snowboards and surfboards, and um, basically just help out the uh, communities that they go to. So I thought that was pretty cool. Part of NYC was, um, I mean, kind of 
coming in as an adult, you know, you're there for the kids, right? So you're there to support and make sure that they are where they're supposed to be. They're eating and drinking and all that fun stuff. Um, and we did that, I think, hopefully. Around here. Um, <laughs> but I think I really wanted to go in with an open heart as well, um, knowing that God called me there for more than just to be another body. Um, and I didn't grow up in the Church of the Nazarene, so going to something like this was really overwhelming when I was thinking about, oh my gosh, so many thousands of people. Um, but I, after going and seeing how um, powerful it is to see the community of God together, um, I think our culture um, and just our human nature, we want to isolate, you know, and isolate our relationship with God, with it's just me and him, everything is me. Um, and I think it's so powerful to realize so many people believe in this powerful, amazing, loving God that we all serve, and it's not um, something to be held in, but it's something to be shared so I feel like because I asked them to answer these questions, I probably should too. Um, and so for me, one of my favorite parts um, personally was we had a rec hall with a bunch of awesome games and activities, but there were two things in the convention hall that I thought were so critical. Um, one was there was this section called the Go Zone. Um, it wasn't go of activity, it was go missionally. And so in this go zone area, there was a tree in the middle, and then there was organizations that the Church of the Nazarene have created or partnered with all over the world. And so our students had a space in which they could learn what it looks like to be a part of God's mission in the world, from the Convoy of Hope that you saw there to um, what Nazarene Compassion Ministries does all over the world. Um, partnered with churches and communities that are less fortunate than us. And so that was a, it was a really powerful moment. Um, and as someone that graduated from a Nazarene college, I think it's so important for our students to understand that there are actually Christian colleges out there and affordable ones and ones that have unique gifts and abilities. And so it was so great to have all of our Nazarene colleges represented with some cool activities and places to build relationships. I mean, even a college in Canada, Lambros, which is pretty awesome and pretty great. And so it was so great to have these students that are passionate about the Lord then see some college students and admissions counselors from our Nazarene school say, hey, there are communities out there where you can grow in your relationship with Christ because that's as important as getting a job and building community that way. So I, I really love that. So second question, Corey, you can answer it first. Um, What's one thing that God revealed to you at NYC, and where did it happen? Um, so I think the biggest thing that um, I got out of NYC from was from one of the sermons. It was um, Shauna Sandra Gaines. She um, did a sermon on holiness in the fifth session or something like that. Um, and she... Initially, I was like, oh my goodness, holiness is really overwhelming. It's always going to convict you because we are perfect. <laughs> um, and it definitely did that for me. So basically, the, the main concept that I feel like I took away from the whole trip, and I'm still trying to process, so bear with me, um, is how we normalize sin around us and how we're all entangled in this mess of sin in our churches, in our culture, in our political arenas. Um, and we easily say, like, we all know the world is messed up. You know, we, we understand. 
understand there's brokenness, but it's not my fault, you know? And it's so easy for us to say, you know, maybe I was selfish in this situation, or maybe I stretched the truth here, but I'm only human, you know? And I think I am totally guilty of doing that in so many areas of my life, and, you know, I don't want to serve here because, you know, I'm human, I need this, that, or whatever. Um, But she went on to say um, that we're actually made in God's image, and sin is what makes us less human. So, um, and I think that's convicting, absolutely, right, thinking of our own world and our own life, but it's really hope-filled, too, that um, God is always there, and she goes on the second part of her sermon talking about, you know, every time we mess up, we're afraid to go to God because he's so perfect, but he's always there to redeem us and to make us new again. And I think sometimes the brokenness and the guilt in our own life cripples us. But that's not who God has made us to be. He has made us in his image to be holy. Um, and he's always there to help us and renew us. And that makes sense. But that, I'm still processing it, like I said. But I think, you know, our denomination is based on the holiness movement. And I think it was really eye-opening to see holiness not only as a standard, um, that God's calling us to, but also this really freeing, redeeming aspect of our denomination. Um, one of the big things that got me to me on this trip was that I could make friends more easily than I thought I could. Um, whether it was waiting in line for the bus, or having lunch with thing God showed me on the trip was patience and being flexible. Not only that, but the assurance that everything's going to work out in the end. So this kind of happened before we even got there. Our first day in Arizona was a mess. We got stuck at a rest stop for like four hours, and everyone was either like hot, sick, or stressed, and the adults were obviously very stressed because our buses kept breaking down. But by the end of next couple days, we had seen the Grand Canyon and gotten to the convention, so the inconvenience at that point felt really small, and we didn't really care anymore, because we had fun while doing it, kind of, and we got to our destination eventually, so it all worked out. Uh, One thing that God revealed to me on mercy was that uh, no matter, like, what people think or say about you, like, we're all perfect in your mind, so... Personally, me, like, when I was younger, like, I used to struggle with, like, the way I looked and stuff. Like, there was a point in my life that I just, like, didn't like myself at all. But I realized, like, as I get older and, like, my connection with Christ gets stronger and stronger as I grow up, I'm starting to, like, appreciate myself a lot more, like, no matter what anyone says about me. So that was one thing that got me to be on my side. We just say amen together for those comments I made. That's worth it. It's worth the uh, constant broken buses. It's, it's worth the, the heat, uh, the, the travel. And thank you so much. For for me, the one thing that God revealed to me at NYC and, and where it happened was this 
is hungry for the real thing. I know we just sang that song, but, you know, there's a depth to it. When you talk to students early in the morning, when they're going through something, or late at night, because they want a real thing. They want a real relationship with Jesus. They don't want this activity on Sunday morning because they're obligated, but they want this relationship that has something to say about every part of their life. And that was just absolutely inspiring to see students worship um, in this in the the Phoenix Sun Stadium, but also worship in serving, worship in being patient with our schedules, um, even worshiping through making connections with new friends and old friends. Um, that was really, really powerful, and, and it spoke volumes because, you know, our kids wanted the real thing, even if it was a loud concert with Andy Mini on the first night, or one of our times in our worship center, they just lowered all the lights, they had an acoustic session right in the middle, and it was the most basic, simple thing ever. But I'll tell you, the worship was so faithful in that space with the students leading, because that was really powerful, um, and I'll never forget that, and that was, that was awesome. The, the last question that I have for you all is, um, our theme was love God, love others, and love lived. Now that we're back from our trip and hopefully gained our sleep back um, and our energy, how do you see yourself living out this theme in your life? So how I see myself living out this theme is that I want to, like, take God's word and, like, spread that out to, like, communities. And because I want to let God, like, work through me. And I want to, like, show love to, like, as many people as possible, like, at my school and my community. Like, at school, like, if I see someone, I want to see about themselves. Like, I want to invite them on a bunch of meetings. No, like, no matter what, we're all cool kids, and we deserve to sit at God's table with Him, because <laughs> we're all cool kids in His eyes, so, yeah. I want to live out the theme, Love God, Love Others, Love Lived, by kind of just doing it, and I realized while we were on the trip that those three things go together, and you can't get them separately, you either get all of them or you get none of them. So as we're talking about loving our neighbor as ourselves, I realized you can't do that if you don't love yourself and let God love you to the full potential. So you have to love him and accept that love from him to be able to live it out. And so I just, I was realizing that as we went through the trip, and I think that's going to help me live that out as I'm back here at home.
give it up for our, our students and our adults one more time. So now that you've um, kind of heard from some of our students and um, our adults, um, I, I want you to watch this recap video, not of our uh, not of our denomination of everything, but actually Serena created this slideshow of just our kids and our um, district family as we went through the trip. So check this out. So obviously, as you can see, as we uh, learn the conference, the love God, love others, and love life. We had a lot of fun doing those things. And so that was really great. Um, again, um, I want to share with you that our theme, love God and love others, is, is pretty simple when we say it. But it's really challenging when it, when it encompasses our whole life. Sometimes described as the two pillars of following Jesus, we will explore, we did explore the the connective nature of our relationship with God and others. And you heard from one of the speakers, loving God is loving others. And while learning what it meant to live out this faith, not just at the conference, but as you heard today from just a few of our students, what that looks like. Um, love is God's idea. God is love. God created the world in us to know and to share this love. So wherever you work, Whatever space you are, you are called to love others the way that God loves you. And God sent Jesus to display this love and to make a way for us to live in this love forever. This is God's love. And, and loving others, um, how do we do this? How do we accept it? How do we show it and share it? The answer is simple, and again, it's not easy, but loving God and loving others is is about a verb. It's about an action. It's about the way we live our life, not just what we say every day. Love is about a relationship that's built on trust, surrender, and giving. Love is not passive. It must be expressed. Loving others must be lived out. Living out this love for God and love for others is beautifully articulated through holiness. It's the central point of our relationship with God and others. It's not enough to love God or to love others, but following Jesus requires both. It requires everything that we have. And you are made to do just this. Ultimately, loving God compels us to love others in an authentic way. I want you guys not to miss out, and I know this, this can seem very trivial with students, but they use the word friendship a lot. Making friends, new friends, and holy. Friendships aren't just contractual relationships. There's deep connection in there. You have friends, family, people that you rub shoulders with each and every day. And so I ask you today, as you heard the testimonies of our students and adult, what does that look like to love those friendships, those connections with everything you have, the way that God did that for us? Uh, what's wonderful um, about just social media and the connections is that all of our services are on actual YouTube. I know maybe some of you got some emails about the live services, but um, I, I challenge you by the end of the summer to go on YouTube and to search NYC 2019, and every service is there. 
know, what would it look like for you as a family to sit around on your TV or iPad or whatever and, and watch one of the services, watch one of the sermons, the worship, even the pastors that curated the space? What kind of conversations could be going on in your family? I know um, Pastor Serena and I and Tori have talked about how do we continue this conversation with our students at NYC and those that weren't able. Well, well every Friday night, Tori and I's awesome, huge basement uh, apartment, we invite students, and if their parents want to come, and, and we watch the sermons again and, and discuss it. See, we got a book. Um, when we went to NYC with some thought-provoking questions, and so we wanted to create space. So on Friday nights, while the rest of the world are doing things to make them forget about their week, we're actually inviting students to come on a Friday night and to rem- remember what God has said to them. What would it look like for you and your family to get on YouTube and watch something good, watch something that would reveal and, and reveal to you um, about God's love and loving others? At this time, um, I'd ask you to just pray for our students. Uh, particularly, they got a 52-week devotional book, uh, which is really awesome. Would you, would you pray for our students? You know, you still have those prayer cards. Would you pray that they would dive into God's Word and continue this theme um, of loving God, loving others, and love lives? Um, my role there at NYC was to be um, a youth sponsor and to help out when needed. But we did have someone on our team in our church that did a lot more than that. Um, Pastor Serena was one of our coordinators, so like behind the scenes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes stuff. And so um, at this point, I'd like uh, Pastor Serena to come up and share a few words as we kind of transition to our service. great testimonies from our students and from Pastor Mike and Tori about this experience that they had and this encounter that they had with God. But just like every service that we walk into when we come into this place, there's a response that we need to have as well. So what is, what is our response after we heard these testimonies of these students? And I just have a few suggestions for ways that we as the church body, we as their family, can come alongside them and encourage them. So the first is ask them questions. As Pastor Mike said, you have those prayer cards. All of their names are on there. Not every student had the opportunity to share what God did in their life this last week. We have a lot of students that right now are on vacation. There is more that God did that you didn't get a chance to hear. Ask them. Find them. Hunt them down. Listen to their stories. Listen to what God did in their lives. Because part of our job as their church family is to know what God said to them. So that we can encourage them. So that we can cheer them on. We have one of our students that attended NYC, one of our family, that at the time when um, one of our general superintendents, Dr. Gustavo Crocker, asked the students that felt like God was calling them into ministry to raise their hand, his hand shot up so fast. 
also ask them about it. As Pastor Mike said, pray for them. When you go to something like that and you surrender your life to Christ or you say, God, I'm all in. I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it is that you want me to do. And then you come home. Sometimes you're faced with opposition. It might even be within the walls of your home. Pray for these students that they would live this out. That what God said to them over that last week would grow deep roots into their hearts. And that they would really live it out in the world. Encourage them. And keep asking them questions. Keep asking them, how are you doing? What is God saying to you? And that's not just something that we should be doing with these students that went to NYC. That's how we're supposed to be the body of Christ together. We should be encouraging one another. We should be asking each other questions. So tell me, what is God doing in your life? That's how we respond. That's how we can live out this life of love. Well, the, uh, as we've read, the message that we have heard this week comes from the command of Christ to love God with all that we have, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And it's a challenge at times to actually live that out, as we all know. And during our times when we were worshiping through song, one of the speakers, his name was Eric Samuel Tim, he actually spoke on Sunday morning. But during our times when we were singing, he was up there and he was painting pictures. And every single session, he painted a new picture. And in the beginning, you're looking at it, and you're kind of like, oh, that's really odd. I don't, I don't even know what he's, what he's drawing, what he's painting up there. And then we would see the next picture. He'd come out, and he'd paint the next one. And then he came out, and he painted the next one. And we're still all like, I don't understand how it all fits together. What he was actually painting was this plane. And on Sunday morning, he talked about the fact, and as you heard it from our students, that loving God and loving others are inseparable. They have to go together. And he talked about how that loving God and loving others are like the wings of a plane. You can't fly with only one wing. You have to have both wings. And that the love of God is what gives us the lift in order to be able to live out a life of love. And it was just this beautiful picture of what it looks like to love God, to love others, and to live a life of love. They all go together. They're all interconnected. It's this beautiful circle of love. And that the love that God has for us is what helps us to soar. I wanted to share that with as we think about our role to go out into the world and to love God and to love others and to live love, it is an act of worship. It is an act of worship as we love God and love others. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and we're going to sing a song to close that is all about worship. It's all about how everything in all of creation worships God. The sky, the stars, it's all an expression of God's love for us. And they, in scripture, it says, if we remain silent, even the rocks will cry out in worship. It's all an expression of worship. So as we close,
service, I would invite you to stand with us as we sing in an act of worship to say, even in the midst of everything that is going on, even in the midst of this world, I choose to love God. I choose to love others. I choose to live a life of love. And if you gave your life to save them, is one of the lines in the song. If you gave your life to love them, our response should be, so will I. Thank you. 